I went into the doctor's office for what I thought was just a minor, um, just a minor thing. And I, within 24, 36 hours, I was in the hospital getting blood transfusions. Dizruns Radio episode 757 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, one of the things that uh, I haven't talked about often, but uh, I'll talk about it today, is uh, Patreon, which if you're not familiar, it's, it's a great way to support the show, support continued growth of the show, keep things going, keep things growing, keep uh, you know, bringing more, better, better technology so we have you know, hopefully phone calls that uh, sound a little bit better sometimes. Sometimes the, the interviews on Skype, they're not, uh, I'll admit, they're not always crystal clear. So, you know, as, as the, the business side of my life grows, as the business side of the podcast grows, you know, what I, what I love to do is reinvest in the show, uh, to make it, make it better. And, uh, there's some things that I'm looking at, but with Patreon, one of the cool things about Patreon is that, um, you know, you, it's, it's kind of like the NPR model. You, you pledge a couple of bucks, five bucks, eight bucks, 10 bucks, you know, the, the, the thing I've used before, buy me a cup of coffee every month, uh, to help keep the show going. That's, that's an option. And, and one thing that I'm, I'm working on doing and should be rolling out the week that this episode goes live is kind of an overhaul of the rewards on, on Patreon. I'm going to add, add a few new things there uh, as far as some things that everybody has access to, and then kind of creating like an, an a la carte, uh, menu if you will. So, you know, whatever your, your contribution is $1, $5, $10, $50, uh, don't have any $50 donors yet. Uh, but you know, I mean, never say never. Right. Um, but whatever, whatever amount you kick in every month, it gets totaled. And, um, I'm going to create a little bit of a menu of, you know, if you want some swag, if you want a training plan, you want to do a coaching call, uh, whatever it is. Uh, and, and I'll be open to suggestions from the patrons as well. So, uh, yeah, once I roll it out, if there's something that you'd like me to add, we'll add it. Um, but the idea being that I want to not just reward somebody who signs up to support the show when they sign up, but I want to continue to thank those and continue to reward those that have stuck around for months. And in some cases, years of supporting the show. So if you're supporting the show as, as your donations add up, you'll be able to go, Hey, you know, I've, I've donated a hundred dollars. I can, I can get X or I've donated, you know, a hundred dollars, which means I can get three things that are all, you know, $30, $30 value uh, a piece, whatever, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. But it's just my way of, of thanking everybody for continuing to support the show. So if you've been a patron long time, don't worry, we're going to go back and add up everything that you've done. Uh, everything that you've given, and it's all going to go into your bank. If you were a patron in the past and had to cut your funding for for whatever reason, you, you can't be supporting the show at, any, at this point. You're still going to get credit for everything donated as well. And obviously, anybody who starts up now, your your tab will be running, and we'll put the menu out there uh, in in Patreon land, and you can you know you can cash in any or all chips anytime that you want to. So uh, something that I I, th- I think will be cool. Um, and then obviously you know we'll continue to I'll be using that that money. 
uh, that, that you're giving to help upgrade the show. I've got some ideas on that as well, which I'll be sharing uh, soon. So sorry for the long intro, but if you want to support the show that way, it's it's an option and certainly an option that I appreciate. Uh, and if you head over to uh, Dizruns.com, no, sorry, Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Patreon.com slash Dizruns. You can get signed up right there. And, and again, you can adjust your pledge at any time. You can adjust it up, adjust it down, cut it completely. Uh, there's no long-term commitments there. It bills once a month. Uh, and, and if you have any questions on that, just let me know. But uh, thanks to everybody who currently supports the show, has supported the show that way. It, it means a lot. And if you want to jump on board, patreon.com slash Dizruns. And now after the longest intro we've done in a while, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today we are circling back up and catching up with a lady that was first on the show back in the the early days of uh, what, what it wasn't even Diz Runs Radio at the time. It was the Diz Runs With podcast. And we're talking early days, like four and a half years ago, over 700 episodes was uh, the first time that I talked with Miss Laura Parson. And uh, obviously in four and a half years, uh, there's probably some things that have changed. And so we have some catching up to do and that's what we are about to do. So uh, Laura, thanks for uh, coming back. Thanks for, for reaching out. You had kind of instigated this whole thing and I was like, yes, let's do it. So uh, thanks for coming back and, and welcome uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. And thanks for being willing to talk again. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the, the whole point of the show is to just kind of hear stories and talk to, to runners. And obviously, like I said, four and a half years, there's probably some things that uh, have happened that we can we can talk about. I, I know that there are, which we're going to get to in just a second. But guys, if, if you missed the first episode, which, you know, I don't I don't blame you. It's been a, a while ago. Those of you that are newer to the show, it's, you know, going back through 700 plus episodes of the show. That's that's, you know, it's an undertaking. Some of you do it, and you're, you're troopers. But if you don't, I don't blame you. But episode 53 was the first time that Laura was on the show. Dizruns.com wow. slash 053 is a link to go back to the show notes if you want to check that one out. Uh, and if you want to find out more about Laura, kind of what she what she's up to, obviously we're going to talk about a good bit of that here. But if you want to continue to follow along, uh, she's one of the... I don't know if she's a, she's an OG, I think, contributor at Salty Running. She's been doing that for a while as well. Uh, yeah. You can check out... That's where she writes most of her, her blog type of posts. So Salty Running... Or Salty... Yeah, saltyrunning.com slash author slash cilantro. She's, uh, her, her pen name there is cilantro. You can find all of her posts there. Uh, on Instagram, if you want to follow along, it's uh, at ultra runner ga- ultra run gal. Sorry, got that a little bit wrong there. Ultra run gal, all one word. Twitter, it's a little bit easier because it's her name, at Laura underscore J underscore Parson, P-A-R-S-O-N for the last name. Like I said, disruns.com slash 053 for the first round of show notes. And uh, the current round, Dizruns.com slash 757, 750 episodes later. Goodness gracious. Uh, but here we are. We'll have all the links, all the show notes, all the photos. Dizruns.com slash 757 for today's episode. So, Laura, like, like I said before we got uh, started here, not a whole lot has changed. I mean, there's there's been some tweaks, some, some little uh, adjustments here and there. But it's the same introductory question that I've been asking since day one. Uh, and even when people come back for a round two here and there, I, I still ask it because you never know. Sometimes the answer changes. Sometimes it's, it's still the same. So uh, we'll just kick this kick this thing off right here with asking the same question that we did uh, 750 episodes ago. What is your favorite distance to race and why? All right. Well, so now I didn't realize that it was episode 53. I'm a little bit nervous, first of all, about going back and like listening to that through. But I think maybe <laughs> I should do that. Uh, so I don't know what answer I gave back then. I suspect that it's changed. Um, and I also, I have to like give a, a, a two pronged answer, which I realize is like not the rules of the game, but if I'm thinking about my favorite race to like, just go out and do because it's fun and you're out there, you're in the trails, you're 
getting to know the awesome trail running and ultra running community, that's a hundred percent a stage race. Mm. Um, there are just amazing stage races across the globe, um, definitely in the United States, but um, it, just you get to go out there and you get to be there every day. You know, some of them are 13 miles, some of them are 50 miles and you just are, are out there every day and it's a, it's a new kind of challenge. Um, and you're just, I don't know, it's like you're, it's almost like a through hike, but a supported through hike. Uh, so that's my favorite one to do. Um, in terms of just enjoying the experience of like being in the trails. Uh, when I think about like what race or the types of races that I like to do that are, that are different, they're challenging, they're harder. I'm able to be more competitive. Um, and I feel like I'm able to maybe like have a better chance of placing or podiuming, which is all related to who shows up that day. I think that's definitely the 50 K distance. Um, it's just, it's just long enough that you can push yourself and it's hard but you can still be home by noon and, you know, get in a nice shower and do whatever you want Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, that's different, definitely different than what it was, uh, the first time around, but, uh, especially with the stage race thing. And I, I want to focus on that for a second, if, if we could, um, yeah. because I feel like it's something that's kind of come on my radar a bit more recently. I, I'm still a, a stage runner, uh, virgin haven't, haven't gone down that trail yet. Although it's certainly something that, is on my radar and, and something that, uh, you know, stay tuned, but maybe, maybe coming up in the next, uh, certainly the next year or two, we'd love to, to do some of these multi-day events, but, um, awesome. how did you get, how did you get into that, into that world? How did you first, you know, what was, what was your first kind of introduction to stage racing? Yeah. So I, you know, I'm a, I'm a runner. Basically if a book has been published, that's related to ultra running or really through hiking in any sort of way, um, I've read it. Mm -hmm. And so, I think I learned about that really way, way back thinking even about like hearing about the marathon de Sable, which is, um, across multi-stage races across the desert. Um, and then I think I, so it was really just sort of hearing about other runners doing them, but often they were in like far away places. Um, and so I was like, that sounds really fun, but I'm not a millionaire. How do I, <laughs> how do I do this stage racing thing close to home? And so of course, ultra sign up is, um, the best and worst thing that has right. ever happened to me in my life. So I just, you know, went in and typed in stage race and some popped up and one was really close. It's a race that's no longer, um, in existence, unfortunately, but, um, and I know we'll get to this. I'm a professor at Auburn university now. So there was one that was really close in Birmingham, Alabama. And I was like, well, let's do it. Let's do this thing. Um, and so that one, oh goodness. I think the ones that I've done haven't been intense in terms of mileage. So I think that one was like a 19 or maybe a 15 mile day and then a 20 mile day, the next one. Um, anyway, so I, yeah, so I think honestly, I just searched on ultra sign up, but there's more every year. There's more awesome ones coming along. How do you prepare for a, a stage race? Because, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, prepare for ultras and, and maybe do some back to backs and things like that. Um, in, in that, preparation process. So you kind of have a, maybe a feeling for it, but when you know that you're going to be, be running a pretty good chunk of distance, you know, even if it's quote unquote, nothing, nothing too crazy, like 15 to 20 miles, still you start piling that up three, four, five days in a row. Um, you know, that's, that's a bit of a, of a challenge. How do you, yeah. how do you go about preparing for something like that? Oh goodness. Um, I don't know that this is a, a good answer. Um, <laughs> it's your answer. So it's, it's the right answer. Right. It is. It is the right thing for me. So the other reason I like stage races, um, is because they're a good 
preparation for any FKT attempt I'm going to be doing um, because those will, in essence, be stage races, right? So right. if I'm doing a through hike or when I um, run across the United States, like those will it, just be very giant um, stage races in essence, um, because I'll be going every day and hopefully getting some sleep that night and starting again the next morning. And this also might, now that I'm like thinking this through as we talk about it, this also might be why I'm not real competitive at them mm. because I treat them as training themselves. Um, it's just a, it's just a great way to like get out there, get the miles in, be in the trails and, you know, not to have to, um, provide your own crew and be alone mm. out there. So I think if I were, so I, I guess, the short answer is I've been treating them as training instead of treating them as, as races. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't, that's not a good answer, but it's the answer. It's all right. I mean, it's, it's not the first person who's done that type of thing where, you know, maybe not so much for the stage races, but you know, we're building up towards a big race and you run several other races, but you don't really race them. You, you treat them as training runs or things like that. So it, it, it I think it jives and, and hopefully people can kind of understand that, you know, that's again, that's what works for you and, and kind of how you're approaching this. Um, what, what's the biggest challenge for you of, of, a, of a stage race? It, Cause for me, the thought, and maybe the, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest, the, the fear, the thing that's kind of holding me back from, from dipping my toes in that water a little bit is that, you know, like I've, what am I going to feel like the second day? Like, what am I going to feel like in yeah. the morning and, and, and the third day? Uh, you know, if, if it's a, if it's a multi multi day type of thing, um, what, what's been the biggest struggle for you? Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely it. The biggest mm. struggle comes after that first day and you're like, Whoa, that was hard. Um, and all of my stage races have been in the summer in the deep South. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're like, Whoa, that was hard. And it was really hot and I'm miserable. And now um, I signed up for this thing where I have to do this again tomorrow and then the next day. And so really the end of that first day, I can say that I've had like for every stage race, that end of that first day, there's a moment. And even that night where I'm like, what have I done? Hmm. Um, And so part of that, and luckily I have an amazing coach, um, but part of that is like talking through. And sometimes I just give myself permission. Like I'm just going to go when I'm going to show up. Um, and I'm going to do the best that I can. And I don't know how that's going to look. Um, and then I also have to like remind myself that I like this, Mm. Uh, but yeah, there is that like, and I don't know that I have that pre-race. It's that after that first day where I am like, I can barely go up or down (laughs) stairs and I'm going to go run up and down a mountain tomorrow for 22 miles. Like that's that's great like well played yeah yeah it sounds like uh everybody's idea of a, of a good uh three-day weekend right there right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh you know one of the kind of shifting gears a little bit but like i said thanks for for letting me tackle my itch there a little bit with with the stage race type of thing because like i said it's something that that i don't know i'm taking my first dabble will be in january i'm doing the, the goofy challenge at uh at hey. Walt disney world so it's you know it's not quite as intense and as long as some of these other stage races and certainly some of the things you've got on tap, but it's at least it's the first back to back type of thing that I'm doing. So we're, you know, yeah, that's awesome. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And then build yeah. from there. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of the, the worst question in podcasts, at least that's what I always call it is, is the what's new. What's, what's happened since oh. the, the, the last time we talked, like I said, it's been, it's been a while. There's been a lot of things. Um, I, I know that, and I kind of know the answers, but I'm going to lead the witness here a little bit. Um, when we, when we first talked, but way back, way back in the day, um, you were mm-hmm. gearing up for an, a, an attempt at the fastest known time, the FKT, running for a female running across the United States from the, the West Coast to the East Coast. Um, things, I, if, if memory serves, I kind of went back and, and skimmed through, listened to it again. It, things were going well um, mm-hmm. at the time that we talked. And then 
as the race day got closer, things things weren't going so well, and, and the attempt didn't even happen. But but what what kind of happened back uh, back four plus years ago at the at the first first go round? Yeah, yeah, that's such a good question, and and you know, um, uh, whew, it's a good question. Uh, it was going well, and I think back then, um, at the time when I was planning the original attempt, I was still a doctoral student, mm-hmm. um, and I was finishing up my PhD, uh, and so. I think anyone and everyone can sort of understand, but especially if you are a doctoral student, um, that's a really, it's not so much a hard time in terms of being so busy, although I think you, you certainly are busy, but it's just a lot. Right. Um, it's a lot to handle. And so I don't know that that's the reason why it didn't happen, but I want to acknowledge that like, even though I had the time to train a lot, there's a lot more that goes into planning a successful mm-hmm. endurance event that requires a lot of mental and emotional strength, even beyond physical strength. And I think I didn't give enough credit to the mental and emotional um, work or labor that was required for being a doctoral student um, that made it hard to sort of even sometimes think about or think about the training that was required or even the mental strength to go out and do it day after day. Now, now I think if that was just, if that was the only thing, I think it would have still happened, but I definitely I think I definitely under acknowledged Mm -hmm. what that was and what that meant. Um, The bigger thing was, though, uh, is I I ended up getting really sick Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up in the hospital. My blood, uh, my blood volume um, now is off the top of my head, but it was really, really low. I went into the doctor's office for what I thought was just a minor, um, just a minor thing. And I within 24, 36 hours, I was in the hospital getting blood transfusions Um, and yeah, and that was really, and that was really scary. And at that point it was more than a year off until the run. And so I was sort of like, I'll, you know, I'll get healthy. I'll, I'll be fine. Um, I'll be able to get there. But then as doctors couldn't figure out what was going on and more time passed and I spent some time even down at Mayo where, you know, people just weren't able to figure it out. Even though at that point, I think I had a year until the year until the run itself was slated to start. I knew that I really needed, I mean, years of solid training under, under my belt. Um, and so I made that a really tough decision to say this attempt isn't going to happen right now. Um, yeah. And I, I called it off and it was really, yeah, it was a terrible decision. And in the moment, um, people kept coming and saying, Hey, it's okay. You can do this again. You can do it another time. Um, and I think in the moment I couldn't even process that. It was Mm -hmm. just so disappointing that I was like, this is it. That's, this was my chance. I'll never get this chance again. And I sort of just took the money I raised. I was really excited. I got to donate over $1,500 to rain. Um, but yeah, I said, you know, you have to be hundred percent healthy to -hmm. do this. And I wasn't. And so, yeah, I had to pull the plug. After, after that, you know, after pulling the plug after, I, I, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, but I, I got a feeling that the depth of disappointment was a bit more than just like, yeah, it really kind of sucked. Like, I mean, yeah, the, the time, the effort, like you said, the mental and emotional energy that goes into kind of preparing for this and talking about it and putting yourself out there. Um, and then I'm sure yeah. that there were probably some jerks on the internet that, that had to hate on you for, <laughs> well, you tried to do this and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. in, in that pseudo immediate aftermath after the, the plug had been pulled, you donated the money to the, to the, organization that you're you were trying to raise money for at the time um 
what was what was running like at that point? I mean, were you running at at all? Were you trying to do some some little bit of running while still figuring out this whole health situation? Or I mean, was running just like non-existent at that point? Yeah, you know, for better or for worse, I don't know that running has ever, for maybe longer than a couple of weeks, not mm-hmm. been a part of my life. But at, at that point, it was just the bare minimum. It was like two to three miles, um, just doing what I can. I mean ever since I was able to run. And so this is a a longer story and sort of a segue, but I I lost over a hundred pounds in my twenties. And I I mean, my entire life up until that point in my twenties where I lost all of that weight, I had always dreamed about running. I had always wanted to be a runner. I had vivid, vivid dreams where I would run, but I just wasn't physically capable of it. Um, And so dreaming has always been sort of what I always wanted to do. And so when I was finally able to do it, when I was healthy enough, when I had lost the weight so that I was physically capable of it, it's really just changed my life. It's changed how I view myself, how I view the world, how I connect with others. Um, and so even there are times when I'm like, I'm not going to race anymore. I think, I don't know. I think everyone goes through these ups and downs where they're like, I'm competitive. I'm out there. I'm going to win. And then times when I'm like, I'm just running because this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm, you know, I'm doing it to stay, to stay healthy and happy. Um, so anyways, that was a, a segue of saying that like, yeah, you know, even I remember at Mayo, all I could do, um, especially with all the tests that they were running was maybe like two to three really slow miles. Sometimes they were on the hotel just outside of Mayo clinic. Um, but it was always a part of my life Mm -hmm. later that summer I went on and ran so much later. So this is not like two months later. I think I say later that summer, but this was probably, I don't know, the spring. And then in August, I actually ran my first 100 mile race at Burning River. And so I was able to kind of get back there pretty fast, but running a hundred miles is very different than running 3000 miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> or so I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would, I, I can't wrap my head around running a hundred miles. So, so yeah, trying to wrap my head around 3000 is, is a whole different, uh, different ball game as well. But, um, you know, I, obviously to me, I don't know if this is obvious to everybody yet, but, but we're, we're kind of getting to that point. The, uh, the, the idea of still running across the United States hasn't, uh, you know, it's, 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 I guess it's probably still been, uh, been needling into you and, and ha- still has its talents in you. And, and, you know, the, the plans are in place to, to do it again. When, when did you decide to, Hey, like, we're going to, we're going to give this another go because, Part of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but part of the the timing for the first one had to sort of do with like you're finished, like you said, you're finishing up your doctoral work, you know, kind of. Yeah. It's a great time to to take a, a three thousand mile quote unquote vacation um, because you know it's, <laughs> it's it's kind of a good ending point, and you know, what, what's the next step going to be? But now you know life has continued to move on. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, you're you're working at Auburn, you've got things going on. Um, when, when did when did it when did you make the decision to hey let's let's give this another shot? Yeah. Oh, so um, how much time do you have? I mean, I you know, more uh, or less <laughs> as much time as we need. <laughs> so I, you know, I think after that sort of initial just kind of heartbreak about it all, um, coming back and saying I'm going to run 100 miles, um, it was after I finished Burning River um, where I started, I was able to acknowledge that like this was still my dream. And and really ever since I read about Marshall Ulrich doing it and watching that great documentary, it was like that's what I wanted to do. And so it had been sitting there in the back of my mind forever. Um, and once I sort of acknowledged again that like the stream hadn't gone away, that this wasn't like this lost thing that had happened, um, I knew sort of that this is what I wanted to do. I just knew that if I was going to do it this time, I was going to be, I, 
I was going to be a hundred percent ready and I wasn't going to make it public. And I wasn't going to talk about it until I knew that like, this was something that I could do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean that physically, mentally, emotionally, but also, you know, would be need to be in a position where I could do that from a financial perspective where I could, you know, take a month and a half off work and off or, you know, take Mm -hmm. that break and actually do the thing. Um, and so I think part of it was the training. I knew that I could have done it, but it wouldn't have been pretty. And so that's, that's part of the reason why I did stage races is I sort of had these things that I was like, I need to know if this is even real, if it's even possible. And so doing the stage races, doing some of these longer races were sort of my way of saying like, physically, can I physically, can I do this? Mm -hmm. Um, and especially after I did the Chattanooga stage races just a few months ago, and it wasn't, that was a good race for me from a sort of confidence booster. It wasn't necessarily a good race in terms of, you know, winning all the things. Um, but I realized that as the race progressed, I was feeling stronger. Mm. So at the end of day one, I was sort of like, this is terrible. At the end of day two, I was like, this is really fun. At the end of day three, I was like, man, I wish I could stay here and do this for five more days. Um, and that was a good validator. And of course, five days is very different than, um, 45 days, Mm -hmm. but it was sort of like, okay, physically, I think, this is where I am. Um, and that, and having the coach in place. So Sarah Mahoney is my coach. She's at, uh, the university of Kentucky, but she, um, is wonderful having a good coach, having a good support system. And then I think really realizing I am a professor. And so while I don't ever take time off, um, contrary to popular myth, (laughs) I do have some flexibility, especially at the beginning of the summer where I can teach the second half and then embark on this run sort of that first half. So it's not so, it's not so it's, it's that schedule is sort of built into my life as a professor. And it's something that I can fit in without having to take, you know, two and a half months off or a month and a half month off or something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, obviously lots of, lots of balls to juggle, lots of plates to keep spinning for this, this type of thing to come together. Um, what, what have you learned from the first go around and the, the preparation that, that you were, you know, in the midst of leading up to that, um, that, you know, you're able to kind of use to either do the same type of thing, uh, this time around mm-hmm. or learn from like, Hey, I kind of screwed this part up. And maybe that's some of the, the mental side of things and the emotional side of things, but you know, w- what lessons from the first, first go around are you putting in place for this time around? Yeah. Um, so I would say, I think the biggest thing and the most important thing, and I've mentioned her a few times is I have an amazing coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I trust her completely. Um, I think for the first go round, I wasn't at a place where I could yet. Um, and I, I think trying to manage all of the things as just one person is impossible. Um, I'm not an expert in all of those things. I'm not an expert in training for ultra endurance events, even though I do them. I'm not an expert in fundraising. I'm not an expert in um, all the things that are needed, you know, to to go into this run. And so really recognizing that, first of all, from a training perspective, I'm not going to try to figure out. I don't question what she tells me to do. I just do it. I trust her to do her job. She's We've had great results already. Um, and so I'm not that part. I don't even read, and I don't know if this is good or bad. I don't even read like training books or training logs anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I trust she's a professional. She's an expert. She's a PhD in this subject. Like I trust her to tell me what to do. And I'm going to just, I'm going to tell her the truth. I'm going to give her all the feedback about how I'm feeling after things. And I'm going to trust her to manage that segment. 
And that's been this huge weight off my back. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have to go out and execute. And that's how I'm treating the run too, is I'm just going to have to go out and execute every day. And I'm going to have to trust other people to make those decisions. Um, I think the other thing is, I think the two other things is allowing enough lead time to build up to it. Um, and, uh, part of that is because there is going to be fundraising that needs to happen, but I'm not going to be able to fundraise solely on individual donations. Those are really helpful and they're mm-hmm. so welcome. Um, but I am going to have to find grants and sponsors, um, to make this possible. And so I think the other big thing there is I'm planning to do this the summer of 2021, but if I don't have the grants and the sponsors in place by that time, then I'll have to push it back a year. That's not going to change how the funds are raised. That's not going to change the race itself, but I'm willing to acknowledge that I, I want this to happen. I want this to be effective in raising money for the organization that I'm running, raising money for, which is Girls on the Run International. And so I'm going to do it right. And so there is going to be a point where I'm going to say, do I have what I need to do it this year? And if the answer is no, it's not going to be canceled. Right. Um, but we're going to push it back a year. And I've already accepted that that might happen. I'm prepared for it. I'm going to do everything it can so that it can't. But there has to be contingency plans in place, I think, for it to happen and to be a success. The final thing is, is I think um, having people in place already to be a support crew. So I already have one member of the crew that's committed. Um, She's also a medical professional. And I Mm -hmm. think that's key to make that happen. Um, But I want to interact with different girls on the run chapters across the run um, and to make that a priority because that's who I'm raising money for. But having someone there the entire time provide that continual support um, who's able to say you need to eat, you need to drink again, providing that information for me, I think is going to be the key for this to happen and for it to work. Gotcha. Gotcha. Why? um, And and I don't mean this in in a bad way if it if it comes across that way, but but why 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 girls on the run? Why why? I mean, obviously there's there's no shortage of great organizations out there that have some type of running tie-ins, and if you're going to do something where you can raise money, I mean that's that's the icing on the cake. But but why did you settle or not settle? Why did you choose to uh, support girls on the run for this this adventure? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, And I'm so glad that you asked because I think girls on the run embodies why what running has meant for me and what I hope running can do from someone else. So I I mentioned a little bit about how I dreamed my whole life about running um, and then finally was able to do it. And it, it changed my life in such a positive way. And it changed my life in such a positive way when I was 27 years old, right? 26, 27. um, And it empowered me. It connected me to the earth. It helped me to see um, what I could do. And it validated who I was and gave me confidence. Um, And I think that's so important for everyone, um, but it's especially important for women um, to have this experience and this exposure from a young age. So Girls on the Run um, currently is across the United States and Canada. It has two programs. Girls on the Run itself is for um, K-12, and then there's a sister program called Soulmates. And in essence, it brings coaches into schools across the United States. And they do a, uh, they bring both the programming, the support for running, but also a set of programming around empowerment and understanding diversity and awareness and equity and really um, provide a safe place after school where where girls can come and run and also meet with their peers. Um, And they all receive a pair of running shoes and compete in this awesome 5K event. Um, And it's just, it's just an organization that sort of promotes the very things that are important to me, Mm -hmm. um, and that I learned and the benefits that they brought to my life as a runner. 
And so it's Girls on the Run is about running, but it's about more than running. And I think running is one of the keys that can sort of bring this connection and also empowerment and validation to women and girls. And um, to me, it was a no brainer. It was just an easy decision. Girls on the Run was the right organization to run for. Gotcha. Well, you get you get no pushback from me. I, I think it's I think it's fantastic. And as uh, as the the father of a just turned five year old who you know I mean she's wow. she's uh you know she runs as much as as a five year old is going to these days. She's she's usually you know second or third of of her class running running around the track with uh, during PE class or whatever she or or she's the one that goes back and like walks with the friends that don't want to run. But you know so right. we'll we'll take that too. I think that's probably a good a good lesson too as as well as you know don't don't let your friends finish alone. Um, but uh, I love the idea of supporting. Um, Supporting kids, supporting girls, supporting supporting people that uh, you know, and introducing them to, to the sport, obviously that, that we all love. So uh, kudos to you for for supporting them. Um, again, I mean, there, there's so many different different ways we can go, and, and obviously this is still a couple years out. So you know, I, I don't want to get too much into the technical details yet because I don't know if you if you've thought of all of the the technical details yet or are or, or worrying about all of them just just yet. But um, you know, FKT, like we said at the beginning, uh, fastest known time is what you're going for. What what, mm-hmm. what does that break down as far as how many miles about per day are you going to have to be uh, logging? I th- I'm sure we talked about this the first time through, but uh, refresh my yeah. memory and those that uh, maybe either didn't listen to that one or, or have forgotten as well. Yeah. So um, I'm actually I'm still finalizing the route, mm-hmm. which will have the final um, sort of mileage tallies in there. I, it'll be between 50 and 65 miles a day, and because it won't be standard, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm running on relatively flat, harder terrain, I'm going to try for higher mileage days in the Rockies, perhaps, or when I'm you know running in the mountains on the East Coast, mm-hmm. then it might be a little bit lower um, on those days. Uh, I'm also still trying to figure out the best route across the bike race across America has a, an established, um, route that goes from the West coast to the East coast. And I've considered, um, modifying or slightly modifying that course, but there's a lot of fun ways that I can run across the country. And so once I am able to sort of settle on a route, then I'll have a better idea of what the day-to-day mileage will look like. The other reality is though, and I think this is the one thing that I'm also recognizing now is I'm going to have a tentative schedule. Um, and I'm going to do my darndest to stick to it, but like, there's an element of this that I, I just can't anticipate, mm-hmm. right? You know, I can't anticipate if I'm going to get shin splints or I can't anticipate if there's going to be a major weather event, which right. I, I mean, we know they're coming, you know, they're becoming more and more <laughs> right. frequent and more and more common. And so I, at the end of the day, I'm going to have a route that I've laid out. Um, and part of that will be the major towns that I'm hoping to talk to girls on the run chapters mm-hmm. and maybe run with them as I go. Uh, and then I'm going to shoot for about 50 to 65 miles a day and, and then kind of let it play out from there. Do you, do you build in any contingency days? So like if, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but say, you know, I think you said 45 days before as, as a number. So say 45 days, if that's, if that's the, you know, that's what the fastest known time is. Do you try to schedule it to be 43 in case you have an issue that, that causes you to take a day here and there or, or, you know, how, and again, maybe you're not to this point yet, but I'm just curious on the logistics of that side of things. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I think, I think that there's two, there's like, you go into a race and you have multiple goals, Mm -hmm. right? You're, you have your A goal, your B goal and your C goal. So I think the A goal, and part of this is I don't know what the Trans-America Crossing FKT time will be in two years, right? right? right. And so that's going to influence that, and that's obviously our A goal. Um, My B goal, and I think the biggest thing, is just to complete it. 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that sounds like a huge gap, right? A goal is to do all the things, win all the things. Be the B fastest, one, the fastest woman ever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so I think at the end of the day, so much of this is going to have to be decided, A, when I know what that time frame is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also B, I think it's route dependent um, and it'll also be site dependent. I think it's unrealistic for me to think that I can do this and not need a, a rest day or right. two or three. Um, I'm going to set a plan that will have one or two at most built in, um, but acknowledge again that the reality and what's on the ground, I'm just going to have to adapt to what those conditions mm-hmm. are. And I think that there's there's a, a lesson in there, and, and I don't know if, if there's even going to be a question in this, but just that idea of, of you have your plan, but you also need to, to adapt, you know, it, whether it's it's one 13.1 mile race or whether it's a 5k, whatever it is, you know, or, or a training cycle or a big event, like, like an ultra or running across the country, like you put your plan in place and then, you know, you, you got to have that willingness to be flexible sometimes or, or the acceptance that, you know, as I say, often life is going to happen and you just have to adjust a little bit. And, and for whatever reason, some, sometimes people really struggle with that. So I'm glad that that's already kind of, you know, something that, that you're not, it doesn't sound like you're struggling with too much. The idea of that, you know, you'll have your plan, but you know, there, there might, there's probably going to be some deviations at some point along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think four years of running ultras sort of gives you that realization, right? right you yeah. know, like there's just, there's just, there's just nothing I can anticipate and races that I think I'm not prepared for. I go out and I do amazing and races that I think that I have just, you know, had a perfect training mm-hmm. cycle and I am here for this and it is, you know, it is going to happen. And then, you know, it's a terrible rainstorm or it's 190 right. degrees. None of this is real, but you know what I mean? Like that you just have no control over those things. And at the end of the day, like the FKT is great and that's what I want to do, but it's not just about that. And frankly, it's about raising money for girls on the run and raising awareness that like women can do this. Like this is a real thing and it happens and you, you can do this. Right. So I want to inspire. I want to raise money for girls on the run. The FKT is my goal, but if it doesn't happen, it's not going to nullify all the other good things that I hope to also accomplish. Yeah. And it it doesn't make it a failure. Like it's still, it's still an incredible thing. Um, you know, when it happens, I'm not even going to say if, when it, when it happens, it's still, it's still an incredible thing. Um, FKTs, what, what's, where does the fascination with that come from? Cause I know, um, that you've got several FKT attempts over the uh, one, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, one that's like a couple weeks away that you're setting out upon. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then some other ones in the lead up to the, the run across the U S in, in 2021. Um, what's, what's the fascination with the FKTs for you? Yeah. Oh goodness. You know, I think part of it, Part of it is I want to embark on these training as on these FKTs as training. And I think the best way to train for an FKT is to train using several smaller FKTs to sort of get there. And so part of it is it just feels logical as a part of the training process. Um, I want to sort of get that experience and feel that pressure and sort of adjust and adapt while I'm out there. Um, and so my first one is I'm attempting, uh, the women's FKT of the collegiate trail loop, which is part of the Colorado trail. And I start on that, uh, uh, July 29th. So a little over, a little over a week. So in serious planning preparation mode here. Um, the other thing about some of these FKTs too, though, is they're in probably the most beautiful places I would say in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, the Colorado, uh, trail itself is part of the continental divide. Um, and that's wonderful. Uh, the collegiate loop, uh, the West collegiate loop, it passes by several 14ers. Um, and so it's just a new way to challenge yourself. It's to me, it's like the next level of racing in the ultra running world. 
um, and it's perhaps a little less supported um, and you're out there on your own, but that's, I mean, that's kind of a new, exciting challenge. Um, and uh, right. That's irresistible. The mm -hmm. idea that there's this new thing, this new type of race, and it's completely different and it's completely unexpected and challenging. And I have no idea what's going to happen that I, that, that was part of the allure of ultra running in general. And now it's like the next level, or at least it's the next level for me. Right. Right. What's, what's the, uh, what's the current time? What are, what are you shooting for, for the uh, collegiate trail loop? Uh, so there is, there is, has obviously been many women who have done, um, the collegiate trail loop. There's not an established FKT right now. Okay. Um, and so I am trying to do it in five days, uh, unsupported. So it'll be mm. an unsupported, uh, attempt right now. The, the loop is consists of the collegiate East and the collegiate West loop. Um, and the West loop right now still is at least according to the Colorado trail deemed impossible because of snow, snowpack. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm hoping that with another week or so, so to melt some of that snow, uh, it'll at least be passable. I expect that it will be. Um, but that's, that might slow me down a little bit, sort of <laughs> having to go through and encounter the snow, the snow as well. Um, but yeah, so that's coming up and it should be good. Yeah. Yeah. I know it'll be, it hopefully be a lot of fun, hopefully be successful. Um, and it's one of those, one of these fun situations where we're talking about the, the future, but where people listen to it in the past, because this, this episode will come out after you've already completed that. Even if it's, even if it takes a little bit longer than five days and probably, uh, it, the episode won't come out until after it's, it's done. So hopefully, you know, congratulations, <laughs> right. hopefully you, 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 you've done, right. uh, done well there. Um, <laughs> do, does, do, do you find in, in, I don't know, maybe this is something that, that will be something you'll have to kind of experience and see if it plays out. But do you find that putting the, the, the FKT, like you said, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of extra pressure. It's a little bit of extra something. And, and, and I get the, the idea that doing some FKT attempts leading up to the big one is, is probably good to help you feel a little bit more comfortable with that kind of time crunch idea. But does, mm -hmm. does that add a layer of, of stress or anxiety? Or is that just kind of, I mean, is it just, do you just roll with it and that's just part of part of the deal and it's not not any extra real pressure for you yeah so i mean of course it's extra pressure um and i and there's been moments when i've been like man why didn't i just say i was gonna go out for a nice hike and <laughs> talk about girls on the run while i was doing it and you know raise some money um but i also i think there's good stress and bad stress right there's good pressure and bad pressure um and i think it wouldn't be a as effective of a training technique if I was just to go out and say hike for 10 days, it would still be great. It would still be fun. It would still be beautiful. But like part of this is I need to, I need to understand the weight of that pressure um, because there's accountability involved, right? Like I'm not just accountable to myself, but I'm accountable to anyone who's watching. And so when I fail, that will be, if I, when I fail, if I fail and, or I decide to leave the trail or I decide, Hey, this isn't, if this isn't safe, this isn't right that will be a different decision than if it's like, Hey, I was just out here on vacation. I don't really feel like doing this anymore. Right. And to be clear, neither is wrong and neither is bad. But my goal here at the end is to get some effective training in for a really, really hard run. Um, that will be that I won't be able to just step out of so easily. And then on the other side, I think too, I really want to raise money for girls on the run starting now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think these events, and the sort of associated talk or chatter about them will hopefully raise that money in a way that like perhaps a hike wouldn't. And that, that's a, a good segue into, into the, the fundraising component of it. Um, 
and I'm not even completely clear on this. So this is this is this is hopefully a question that uh, I can get some clarity on, but others can as well. There, there are some links, and they're they're kind of the you know the, the typical complicated you know 47 character long links. So we'll make sure they're linked up in the show notes so people can <laughs> right. instead of me trying to read off the GoFundMe.com slash la 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 all the way through. Right. Uh, Dizruns.com slash seven five seven is the is a link. The links will be there for the for the fundraising. Um, but you know, like, like you said, you're trying to, to kind of build the fundraising over time instead of just putting all your fundraising efforts into into 2021. Um, it, or at least I think that's what you said. Is that is that kind of mm-hmm. the, the the idea? Is so people can start donating donate now, and it goes through this whole next two 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 years of, right. of fundraising. That's that's how it's working out. Yeah, and so you know, um, and I think the, a caveat for all of this is I just this is this is the part of this I don't enjoy. I don't know that anyone likes asking, you know, people for money. And I certainly don't. Um, The GoFundMe page is for donations to actually make the FKT attempts, whether it's the collegiate loop or the run across America possible. So that will go into logistics like scheduling or gear or, you know, equipment or actually physically arriving there Mm -hmm. um, to support the truck itself. And then my focus while I'm in the FKT attempt. So during them, we'll be raising money for girls on the run. Um, and so, you know, I, I've sort of gone back and forth on even doing fundraising, but I get, I, I have a lot of questions, like how do I donate to support the run itself? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sort of the GoFundMe was set up in a response to that. And because I acknowledge that this is expensive, right. um, it's important and I believe in that. Um, and so raising to help the effort itself happen that goes through the GoFundMe page and then donating directly to Girls on Run, which will be my sole focus in terms of fundraising while the attempts are happening. Um, both the Collegiate Loop FKT, the additional ones that happen, and then the Run Across America in 2021. Um, all of those efforts will be um, directly to Girls on the Run. Hey guys, uh, real quick, just cutting in here for a second. Uh in case you can't tell, Laura's not exactly keen on talking about the fundraising side of things. So let's not let's not kid ourselves. Doing doing some of these big adventures, uh, FKTs, and certainly running across the the country, across the United States, in a couple of years, um, that th- there's some funds that that she needs. Um, but as as we talked and as she reflected on the conversation afterwards, she she felt kind of bad about asking for support for the FKT itself. So, you know, as her plans are continuing to come together, her, her new ambition or her new plan is to focus her sponsor efforts on funding the actual races and, and the, the actual running part of it. And she's asking that all fund raising efforts uh, would go towards Girls on the Run. So if if you are so inclined as to support Laura and what she has going on and you head back over to the show notes today, you will only find the one link. Even though I'm about to talk about the two links that are there, there will only be one, and it is for the Girls on the Run uh fundraising for girls on the run. So if you're, if you're inclined to support Laura, uh, she asked that all uh, funds would go to girls on the run. So uh, sorry for cutting in there, but uh, it, it didn't make any sense to try to edit a whole bunch of this stuff out. So just wanted to, to cut in with her request to only support girls on the run. And she will get some sponsors, hopefully to take care of the, uh, the logistical side of things. So let's go uh, back to the conversation. Gotcha. Gotcha. So again, that's why there's, there's two links guys in the, in the mm-hmm. show notes, you can, you can support either, either both. I'm, I'm sure, uh, mm-hmm. Laura's not going to like, like, like she said, like I'm, I'm, I'm also doing the, uh, my goofy challenges is a fundraising race as well. Um, and yeah, I get, the, I get the struggle. It's, it's not real easy to just ask, ask for money. And, and so, um, 
you know, I, like I said, Laura, I, I, like I said to those listening, Laura's not going to turn you away. So if you want to support yeah. either or both, um, those are the places, disruns.com slash 757. In addition to that, how, how else can, can we uh, get behind you and, and support this effort and, and um, everything that uh, all the all the good that is going to come from these these several FKT uh, races, runs? I, I don't even want to say attempts, these FKT things that you're going to do over the next couple of years. Right. You know, I think the biggest thing is just sharing Mm -hmm. on social media or talking about it. Um, I'm, I'm here to talk about it as often or as frequently as anyone, anyone wants. Um, and so people can reach directly out to me. Um, but yeah, sharing about it on social media, sharing a link, um, to the page on salty running where all of the updates will be posted, uh, just sort of reaching out and sharing about the run. I'm kind of going back to the fundraising thing. I mean, my priority is raising money for girls on the run. And Mm -hmm. so if you're sort of thinking about, oh, I can only donate to one, which is great. And that's where it should go. I mean, even just sharing those links and sort of talking about it and talking about what I'm doing, but also talking about what Girls on the Run does and will continue to do um, for girls in terms of running and providing shoes and, you know, that curriculum and support. um, Those are the ways that they can help. Gotcha. Well, we'll make sure to uh, to do that. Push it out as, as much as we can. And as we're getting to that that point of kind of starting to, to really wrap things up, Laura, um, kind of shifting gears just a little bit, shifting the focus to uh, something that I think maybe maybe it's one of the few things that is really legitimately different than, than the first time around. And that's uh, the, the way I kind of am closing these these conversations these days is with something that I call a philosophical question, which sounds sometimes sounds a little scary it's really not that big of a deal it's just it's just kind of like the introductory question something that's fairly open-ended um not not necessarily specific very often to anything that we really talked about but just kind of allows you to uh put a good stamp i think on on the conversation and kind of end it um you know long answer short answer medium answer whatever whatever works for you um but but i'd be curious to know um you know at at this point in your life and we kind of touched on it maybe briefly um in that that bit about uh, the, the disappointment and the, the medical issues and, and how running has still, you know, been a, been a part of, or you, you maintained the running throughout all of that. But I'd, I'd just be curious, you know, at this point back to being healthy and, and obviously all the, the good things that you that you're trying to do and, and will do through running and through the, the different FKTs that you've got going on. Um, but, but what, what is it about running that really speaks to you? Like why, why do you still get out and go for your runs on a regular basis? Why do you sign up for the stage races? Why do you push yourself to some of these FKTs? Like wh- why it, 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 deep down at, at the core level, why do you still, why, why is running important to you? Why do you, why do you run? Yeah. You know, I think at the end of the day, when it all sort of boils down to the, like the sole reason, and there's so many, but running is kind of the one guaranteed way that I can clear my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of is the way it's, it's the way that I reset every day. Um, and that's why I think rest days, although I take them now. Um, thank you coach. Uh, <laughs> that's why I think the rest days are so hard is running is my way. Um, at the beginning of the day where I reset, I think about what I need to do that day. Um, just it, it, it clears my mind. It calms me down. I mean, I remember some of the most stressful days when I was a doctoral student, I would just sort of feel like it was overwhelming. The burden was too much. And then I would lace up my shoes and I would run outside. And within four steps, it was like, I could just feel myself, you know, to flow into the run and everything would, it would be clear that I could do it all right. That I could like manage it and make it happen. And that's, that's still true. That's still true today. Even if I um, am feeling exhausted, um, you know, I can step outside even this morning. I think I was like, it's hot. Um, I did a, you know, 3 PM run yesterday Mm -hmm. in 90 degrees and it's 76 already. And the humidity is, you know, 
a million. And <laughs> I thought this is going to be terrible. And I stepped outside and it was just, uh, yeah, it just helped set me up for the day. And it's, it's something I can't even explain very well, but yeah, I don't know what I'd do without running. Well, thankfully you're, you're talking to a bunch of runners, so you probably don't have to explain yeah. it any better than that. Cause I think most of us are, are not in our head. I'm, I'm certainly <laughs> not in my head right now. Cause I, I totally get what you're saying. I don't know that I can explain it any better. So uh, great way to, to, to wrap up the conversation. And once again, guys, we'll have all of uh, Laura's information at the show notes, disruns.com slash seven, five, seven on salty running, salty running.com slash all author slash cilantro, Instagram at ultra run gal. Twitter at Laura underscore J underscore Parson. Uh, and once again, if you want to go back and, and listen to her have a good conversation with a guy who didn't know how to conduct a conversation at the time, uh, disruns.com slash 053. I don't know. Maybe you think I still don't know how to co- conduct a conversation, but I will say go back and listen to that one and you will you will think that I'm a little better now than I was back in the day. But uh, Laura, thanks again for, for the time. Certainly uh, uh, glad to, to reconnect and uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and put the stake in the ground now. Um, let's not wait another four and a half years. If nothing else, you know, two plus years from now when, when you've gone coast to coast, uh, let's let's circle back and do this again and kind of hear hear some stories about how it went and uh, how much money you raised and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, thanks for the time today. I certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'm look forward, looking forward to our next conversation too. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Laura and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's conversation. What was something that uh, we talked about today that really stuck with you? Uh, there were a few things. I actually ran out of room on my sticky note for writing down uh possible takeaways and going back and listening to it. Yep. They, they were all still there again. Uh, but I think for me that the big, the big one, and actually, I don't even know if it made it on to my sticky note, but just the, the overarching theme for me of this episode is that, you know, just because you have a big goal and for some reason, medical life, whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out. It doesn't, you know, what, what you were aiming for doesn't happen. It doesn't necessarily mean that that all is is forever lost and there's no chance to come back. Um, you know, Laura was setting out to do this this whole uh, run across the country fastest known time thing a few years ago. She got sick, obviously, um, wasn't able to do it. But here she is, a handful of years later, aiming to do it again. Set, get starting to get the the framework in place, the logistics, the planning, the training, um, and she's going to give it another shot and. I think too often, I myself, and, and maybe, I'm not going to try to speak for you, but maybe this, this relates, uh, or maybe this, this is something you can, you can jive with. Uh, we get so focused on the near term, on the short term, on the next goal. And you know this is going to be the race that I PR. This is going to be the race that I whatever. And if it doesn't happen, for whatever reason, it's like this demoralizing, like, what did I do wrong? Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm never going to be at peak fitness to, to have another chance to Boston qualify or, or whatever. And I think that, that, you know, if we just have the perspective to take a step back to, you know, maybe pull back from that goal for the, for the short term and short term might be a year, two years, three years, but, but for the short term and then start lining things back up and go after that big goal again, whether it's a Boston qualifying, whether it's a fastest known time, whether it's running across the bloody country, whatever it might be. 
I guess the, the, the short version of the takeaway, which I don't often go the short version route, but the short version is just because you, you miss something, just because there's a failure, again, not saying that Laura failed, she shouldn't have run it when she was that sick, but just because the, the, the original plan fails or falls through doesn't mean you can't come back and try it again. And so when we have those setbacks, when we have those injuries that cause us to miss a race or a bunch of races or a season or a year, when you know we family takes precedent or work takes precedent and you're not able to train as much, it doesn't mean that all is lost and that you'll never be able to try it again. It just means that not right now. Start looking ahead, start planning again, and you would be you might be surprised that those opportunities, you know, tend to tend to present themselves again. You know, there's gonna be other opportunities. There's other years to run across the country. There's other years to run the race that you think is gonna be your best chance to to have your best time. There's there's always time to try again. So set your you know, set your sights high, aim for something big. I'm a big fan of that. And if you miss, hey, doesn't mean you can't try again. Doesn't mean you can't try again. Doesn't mean that you failed. Just that the attempt didn't work out. The attempt failed. You're not a failure. You just you, hopefully you learn. Sounds like Laura learned a few things, and now she's she's getting ready to try it again, which is which is perfect. Which is perfect. So obviously we'll be cheering for her, hoping that, that she does well. Um, but that was my takeaway. If if a, a big attempt, a big swing and a miss, hey, get back get back out there, try it again, and uh, you never know. It's, it's very, very few things in this life are one and done. You have one opportunity and that's it. Uh, more often than not, those opportunities come back around. And so when they do, you can give it another shot. Uh, but that's my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. Of course, you can send me an email as well, DizRuns at gmail.com. And, you know, another another great way to leave your feedback on the show, uh, DizRuns.com slash 757 is a link for the show notes today. You can go back to the show notes for any episode and leave your thoughts and feedback, comments, takeaways right there for that one episode. And that way, when other people find the show, when other people go back to the show notes, check out the photos and links and things of that nature. They can also see what you thought of the show. They can add their two cents and we can get a conversation going, or a little dialogue maybe going. Uh, DizRuns.com slash 757 for today. Uh, once again, don't forget, if you want to support the show via Patreon and uh, you know, kind of see some of the, the changes as they roll out, get in at the ground floor, patreon.com slash DizRuns. Uh, and once again, for those of you that are already patrons, thank you for your support. I'll get you all the details, all the information that I'm kind of mentioning right now. We'll get it to you. Um, you may already have it. I don't know. Since I'm prepping this about a week beforehand, you may already have it or it'll be to you ASAP. So... Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for, for all the support, whether it's financial, whether it's sharing the show, telling others, leaving reviews. All of those things matter. All those things help move the needle. All of those things help in the growth of the Diz Runs empire. So thank you all for being a part of it. Um, and don't think that there's a, a big part or a little part. It's all just a part. And like I said, every part matters. So thank you all for all that you do. And uh, until next time, please be well. Please take very good care. Have some great miles. Be safe out there. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Take it easy, guys. 